You're ready to be premature wow, all over again. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Licking okay. gin balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. My SEAL Team 6 went to SEAL Team 12. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The fight you get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I... debate begin. Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. We are here once again to wow and astonish you with a new episode. Unfortunately, one of ours will not be here today, Big Mac. Uh, we, we don't, none of us believe in God, but our prayers go out to you that everything is going okay with your family and we miss you and we can't wait till you get back. Uh, do what you have to do. We will be here upon your return. But with that being said, the rest of us are here. So let's go ahead and jump in. Gentlemen, how's everybody doing? I'll tell you how I'm mm. doing. I'll tell you how I'm <laughs> doing. <laughs> how you doing? I had to listen to two grown men talk about Love Island. so now you're watching now you're watching and i are gone and you two fucking clucking chickens start talking about love (laughs) next thing you know they're going to be talking about their stories god you know what was i was like what am i listening to one one life to live you fucking loved it don't don't guiding light you you knew the names i mean what's up when we start talking novellas next, I am in the middle of season seven, Love Island UK. They just uh, finished, they just wrapped up. So I'm in I the had middle to, of that. I had to put all sharp objects out of reach. <laughs> you <laughs> just sat on the is- couch, sat on the couch eating bonbons and listening. I know you did. I, I had to stop lie. working out, afraid I was going to hurt myself while listening to it. <laughs> That's entertainment for you. Because right I was there, laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the episode. We missed you guys being there, but we thought it was an ideal one since you guys weren't involved that he and I could expand upon and and talk Mm -hmm. about. And it was a Mm -hmm. success as far as I'm concerned, but that was then this is now. So let's move on. Uh, Everybody's doing good. Glad y'all are here. Let's waste no time and uh, let's jump into our drinks. So I I see you already plugging away on yours, Grinch. What are you drinking today? You know, you gave me the idea. uh, Yes, I do. I went back to the Metallica's Blackened. Oh, you did? uh, Whiskey. Yep. Nice. Is it so? Are you just drinking it straight? I am. Nice. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I I enjoy it. It's, it's it's smooth. Very nice. I haven't had it yet. I wanted to get it. I thought about it, but um, yeah, I just didn't pull the trigger on it yet. I, I mean, the funny thing was when you asked that question, you know, I was like, oh shit, I haven't even really been looking for it. And it just so happened Friday, I was stopping by the ABC store. Just so happens. Yeah, 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 you know, circumstance. Um, and I looked over and saw it, and I was like, well, there's my answer. <laughs> Exactly. I'm going to take that one. Uh, how much does it cost there? Uh, 40. Okay. It's, it's like 46, I think, for the 750. Yeah, here I saw it. It was like 37.99. I was just curious, comparable price. Uh, like what? Yeah, I, th- I think it's 46. It was 40 something. I know that much. Worth it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, sonically sonically. That's right. They they play music in the in the rick house. <laughs> and like the I barrels. said, you know, after you drink it, you can play the guitar. You can do, there's all these skills that just infuse into the body. So when you come down, I'll pull out a guitar and you can astonish me. Oh, oh, oh I'll astonish you. <laughs> it might not <laughs> be how bad you it. are. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. All right. Us. Uh, so we got one black and now it's, it's not bourbon, right? It's, it's whiskey. I think right? I, As they say whiskey. I think it's whiskey. I'll, yeah, I, think it's whiskey. I gotta look. I think it's black yeah. and whiskey. Okay. So you're just doing that straight up on the rocks. Yep. Easy peasy. All right. Haas, what about you? What are you doing, brother? I'm drinking whatever you're drinking. What? Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then you're going to love what I'm drinking. There it is right there. That is shot, a beautiful bottle. Though. Shot for all you I who can't cut. see it. It's yep. a blackened whiskey. All right. yeah. yeah, and it's a beautiful bottle. I'll tell you what, that's Metallica's very with own. the sound waves from Metallica's music to There's... Quote, help it seep deeper into the barrel. Yes. Apparently, they put like subwoofers or some shit in the Rick house and they play music constantly and it's supposed to help. Uh, and it's finished in black brandy casks. There you go. So, Haas is drinking whatever I'm drinking. No, but I thought you should go first. Oh, oh, you want me to go first? Then I will go first. Okay, well, you, you could have just said that <laughs> instead of confusing me. I'm sorry, buddy. It's, it's easy to I do. You, I, I thought you'd pick up on them. No, I'm drinking whatever you're drinking. Okay. Um, so I also decided to go simple, and this was my ode to the topic today. Um, I was doing, in honor of you, Haas, I was doing Angel's Envy, but it is just straight up, and I am just, I guess technically that's a bourbon right? But I'm doing whiskey in a jar. Ah, so, clever, very clever. Yes, yes that's, that's me. Quite clever. I'm a clever bitch. <laughs> in, a, in a jar-o. <laughs> in a jar-o. You yes. ain't no basic bitch. That's right. So I, I am just doing whiskey in a jar. Uh, Angel's Envy, obviously. Um, smooth, easy to drink. Thank you, Haas, for turning me on to that. So but uh, that shit. yeah, that's that's what I am doing. I poured I poured a, a fat Thor three fingers in a jar. Not Haas, three fingers in a jar. So not quite as much to consume, but in that's what I'm doing. Whiskey in a jar. Exactly. Uh, and then Haas, round us out. What are you doing? So I went back, uh, I went back to gin this week. That wasn't my plan. Um, I have managed to procure, uh, to procure three bottles of botanist gin, which is I'm very happy about because it's kind of hard to find around here. But I've, I did that, but... The wife and I had to go to Bratislava, Slovakia this week. I saw the pictures. Um, for her Beautiful. to, uh, you know, it, it's an amazing city. Uh, anybody, if you get a chance, go. But the reason we're there is because she had to go get some dental stuff done. As you guys know, we go to Bratislava for dental work. Um, it's just, it's more affordable. It's good quality work. And it occurs in a bathroom in a train station. Right. And it does occur. And well, for me, it did it occur in the bathroom in a train station for a little, you know, oral. Yeah. Then you got oral to the reciprocation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you really be doing oral payment, reciprocation payment, and dental works involved? Well, I mean, you do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you do it first, sure payment up front. Yeah, you, well, you got no, no, you do it afterwards because you got to make sure it's quality work. I mean, how is she going to, how is she going to test it? How is, she, how is she going to bang it out and make sure it's, it's quality <laughs> dental work? You know? My face is numb. Perfect. <laughs> the wife was just walking by going, <laughs> still doing it. So here's what happened. We, we went to this restaurant across from the hotel that we've been to before that we really liked. And they had, um, they had gin and tonics, but they had it with a gin I'd never heard of. And it's supposed to be quality. It's called monkey 47. Um, and we both had one and then we both ended up having four. <laughs> like you do. and um <clears throat> procured a bottle of it while i was there and then since we've been back i've procured another two bottles in like a day okay, you gotta um, make your way through all of that alcohol. last night the wife had three gin and tonics i had one and a half gin and tonics the only reason we didn't have more is because we ran out of tonic 
<laughs> not gin, but tonic. That's right. We, ran out of, we didn't run out of gin. We got plenty of gin now. So that's what I'm having. I'm having a gin and tonic with a monkey 47. Um, highly recommend this. If, if you're into the gins, botanist is probably still just barely edging on as my favorite, but this is, this is pretty daggone good. Okay. So I've seen that one before. <clears throat> I've never seen of it. I've never heard of it. Where, where is it uh, made? Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to presume here because it's a uh, far dry gen. Okay. Um, you said it's called 47 monkey, monkey, 47. monkey 47. Yeah. Oh, monkey 47. <clears throat> and, and I'm sorry, your drink is what? Just, just gin and tonic with a lime, a little and bit of, with, a, with, with a lime wedge. Yeah. Okay. I was so engrossed at the Bratislava story. That I just yeah, sorry. blanked on what you were drinking. That's on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm back on the Gentiles. Well, and the other thing, to be fair, I've got a couple of things lined up that I've been wanting to do, but they're more like cold weather things. Um, it has been back in the 70s here, so it's like getting warm again. So I don't know. It's just something about when it's when it's warm out. A nice cold gin and tonic just seems to make things better. That and your fan, and you're good to go. That's right, buddy. Oscillating fan for the room. That's it. All right. Well, uh, so we have blackened on the rocks we have gin and tonic for the win and whiskey in a jarro gentlemen i say cheers to you cheers cheers to another fantastic episode i mean it's no mm-hmm. love island mm-hmm. episode but uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. on a quick side note before Let's we move up this i almost bottle, spit my drink out <laughs> this bottle is what they the contestants on love island use when drinking um i was gifted this by mac it showed up in the mail <laughs> you fucking sassy bitches jesus good lord almighty oh, yeah it God. just showed up in the I, mail and i was like okay i don't even know what to say I don't even. Yeah, know say. your look says it all there's nothing what else yes. needs to be said yes and nothing else needs to be said let's move on down the tracks so if if nobody has figured it out that uh, you know we'll go ahead and clue you in now the topic of this week revolves around a very particular band the band was started in 1981 They have been around since then, 1981 to the present. They have recorded 10 studio albums. They have a net worth just over 900 million. They have sold more than 100 million albums worldwide, 63 million of those here in the U.S. They've won nine Grammys off of 23 nominations, and they are the only band on the planet they can claim they've played on all seven continents. We are talking about none other than Metallica. Clearly, that's why the Grinch only... is drinking Metallica's black and whiskey, in case you didn't put the two together. Now you know. Uh, so, real quick backstory. Uh, the topic came to be because Grinch threw it out there. On September 10th, Metallica marked the 30th anniversary of their 1991 self-titled what is considered the Black Album uh, with a special reissue and a compilation album uh, of 53 artists covering every song on the Black Album. And so in honor of that, Grinch thought, hey, why don't we get together and talk about our three favorite Metallica songs? And that's what we are here to do. And just because Mac is here means nothing. I do have his three picks. So I'll throw them out as we go around and, uh, and, and make sure we get everybody's recorded and locked in and we know where everybody falls. But that's what we're talking about. Uh, our, in honor of Metallica's 30th anniversary of the reissue of the Black Album, we are talking about our favorite Metallica songs. Uh, I'm not pulling out the wheel of death. I said that before we started. I thought we'll be more casual since we don't have Mac. Make it easy on us. Just enjoy today. So if somebody would like to go first, please feel free. I will say, I mean, you touched on a couple of things, but I mean, just learning a little bit about Metallica um, was interesting to include that like 
I think it's in the Guinness Book of Records for having been on all seven continents to include friggin' Antarctica, which is right. insane. Like you're playing to scientists or something, but you're there <laughs> yeah. playing. Yeah, and, and it's also, uh, you know, there was a lot of little factoids I just didn't know. Um, it was actually Lars who put the ad in the newspaper when he moved to the United States. He was going to pursue a tennis career like his father and grandfather. So he put an ad in the newspaper saying, hey, I'm drumming. Like I do drums. I'd like to jam. Um, and, uh, James Hetfield answered Responded. that. Yeah. And according to both of them, when they first met, there was like nothing magical. It was right. just kind of like, yeah, all right. And then Lars <clears throat> went back to Europe and did some, like went and saw some concerts back in Europe, came back, reached back out to James and that kind of got things rolling. Um, because the, uh, I mean, the very first basis was actually Ron McGovney. Yeah, who didn't it, it last long. Yeah, it wasn't like Cliff year. Burton. And the sen- right. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know where you draw the line of saying this is definitively Cliff's mark from there forward. But at the end of the day, once they really got going in earnest, it was Cliff Burton that right. settled in. Um, and then, yeah, I think Dave Mustaine was in the mix as well. For those we all know he I'm went sure on to, to form Megadeth. It, yeah, any metal fan should know this story. But, of course, Dave Mustaine was with them. And uh, they basically packed up and left. <laughs> drinking like too much drinking yeah too much and, yeah he was just he was you know he was kind of un uh unpredictable <laughs> violent yeah and so um you know so anyway that's how they got formed and i didn't really know that um another funny thing is um they wanted their first album to be called metal up your ass and because the you know the rec or you know the label that was backing them basically you know wisely said like hey stores aren't going to stock that right they just aren't and to that cliff burton uh, remarked kill them all man just kill them all and boom. which is where the title of that that album came from so, so you know some cool stuff certainly um and i think several people you know anybody that follows metallica knows you know jason newstead came into the mix after cliff, cliff burton passed in the bus accident was with the band for a while, 15 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Trujillo uh, came in following him. So super. Very, yeah. Very few lineup changes in, in that, that amount of time. Yeah. And I years. think, um, you know, when Elton John came on that Howard Stern interview, um, you know, he said, uh, <clears throat> well, he said a couple of things that were impressive. One, um, nothing else matters is one of the greatest songs ever written, according to Elton John. Um, and he gave them immense credit for staying together as long as they had, you know, other bands like Rolling Stones, maybe a couple others, you two, you know, that have stayed together that long right, can make that claim. Um, and then, yeah, I guess my, my finished ramble will be, you know, I think you could argue they're the greatest heavy, like greatest heavy metal band in the world. Um, you know, they were inducted into the hall of fame, like almost as soon as they were eligible, if not the moment they were eligible, which is 25 right. years after, your yeah, I think it was, album. yeah, 2000 was it 2004? Yeah, I, I'd have to look it back up. Uh, I'm, or I'm sure it's on, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. I could be wrong. Let's see. I don't know why that stands out to me. I may be wrong. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I won't I mean, drag anybody down it, but... while I'm looking. Oh, oh, the other interesting thing. Yeah, their very first um, video was one. Okay, now you're going to piss me off. That was the first video. Yeah, I'm aware of that. That's a factoid. It's a factoid. 
Yeah, I know. And it has to do with my pick. And now you've done piss me off. Well, I didn't know that. Well, that's right, your problem. Up. No, it's not I'm my problem. Up. Yeah. Well, let's well then, then I'll tell that. you what, that's a good segue. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't you start with one of your picks? I don't have a choice be, now. Yeah. Grinch. I mean, it's a, yeah. the Grinch just, that should I just not kept, be. I just kept painting you into a corner. <laughs> As you're backing up, like, don't say it. Don't yeah. you fucking say <laughs> it. <laughs> the minute you said one, I'm like. Um, I meant two. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. Two. All right, so I guess I will go first because see, I thought this whole thing Grinch was going to tell us a pick, and clearly he didn't do that, Shit. and so totally fucked me up. All right, so I will go first. I thought for sure he'd pepper in an honorable mention and all that rambling, and, <laughs> and he didn't, didn't do that either. Drop that <laughs> ball. <laughs> um, all right, so I will go first. Thank you, Grinch, for teasing it for me. So one of my three picks is Metallica's one. The reason that one made it for me is precisely because of what you said. It was the first video to ever be aired by Metallica in the history of Metallica. And it aired on Headbangers Ball, January 28, 1989. Adam Curry was the host of Headbangers Ball at the time. It used to come on Saturday nights, like midnight. And I remember I had a TV in my room. Everybody would go to bed. I'd turn on TV and I would watch Headbangers Ball. And I remember watching that. And of course, prior to that, and, and prior to that, you had three studio albums had already been dropped by Metallica. No video had been created and they were actually not, didn't want to make videos. They'd Clearly didn't think it was necessary, but they were talked into it by their label. Go ahead and make a video. MTV was the wave of the future. They did it. The the video aired after midnight on Headbangers Ball on January 28th, 1989. The following Monday, and I don't know if you guys remember this, MTV had Dial MTV, and it was the predecessor to the TRL, Total Request Live. And so it was always the number one videos of the week people could request. And so the video aired after midnight on Saturday on that Monday, it was the number one requested video. And from that point forward, they were like, we're going to make fucking videos because clearly we can reach more people. And our, our music makes an impact on an, as you know, Dr. Disrespect would say on a whole nother fucking level. And so that was the first video. And that's why it makes it into my top three Metallica's one off the end justice for all album. And yes, nice. this, this is my, my nostalgia. Uh, I, I, I'm, I like vinyl. And so I do have the album for those of you that can't see it. You know, the lovely thing about this, and it's a, it's a two album set, but you guys remember CDs, all the fucking lyrics. Yeah. And so you could sit yeah. in, in case you're in it. Yeah. You've got that in case your internet goes yeah. down. Right. Or yeah, like yeah. you've well, never heard the song right. before and, and it, don't know the lyrics. And yeah. even when like cassettes came out, some of them would have that fold out the fold out that you would have to that you can never artwork. figure out how to fold it back the right way <laughs> right but it was interesting because prior to that unless you saw them in concert you never got to see them because they didn't release a video for the first three studio albums so when one came out it was kind of it was trend setting for them because it was the first time you got to see a video by them so that's why it makes it into my top three and mine are in no particular order just going to go ahead and say that so that's me metallica's one uh, let me go ahead and throw Max out there. Metallica one is also on his. He loves the video. That's what he said when he texted me today. It was like, that's definitely one of my top three. Um, it's an awesome video. It's one of those I can watch. Seeing it in concert, if you haven't seen Metallica in concert and they play that song, it's fucking phenomenal. The light show, the explosions. Um, but yes, so Metallica's one. Next. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you going to ruin uh, any more of my picks, Grinch? While you're no, at it? I was going to say they spliced in footage from, what is it? Johnny got Johnny get your gun gun got his gun yeah world war one which which is about a world war one soldier steps on a landmine loses his limbs and the ability to speak and you know i think he was like trying to tap morse code with his head yep the cinematographer actually worked on the matrix trilogy oh very cool little factoid as you said all right 
let's move on. Who's going I'm, next? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna protect myself before he ruins one of your picks. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna protect myself and go ahead and interject <laughs> here. Uh, I I don't know about you guys, but Metallica is probably the first band that affected me as much as it did for a majority of my childhood into the teenage years and then into adulthood. Um, and I don't ride the lightning and master puppets. Of course, I, I know some of those songs, obviously I've listened to them over the years, but the first album Injustice for all was the one that really kind of grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and just shook me to my core every track on that album, every song. Cause back then, you know, it was tapes and thank God you didn't have to fast forward through any of the songs. Cause they all kicked ass. But fortunately for me, the very first song uh, that really introduced me to thrash metal was the first song on the album blackened. And um, to this day, it remains one of my favorite pump up songs when I need to get going. I don't give a fuck what's going on when I need to kind of like, get centered, get meditated and then start kicking some ass blackened is one of my go-to jams. Um, and yeah, that's why it's for me, it's in my top three. Is that one of your workout mixes? Is that on your workout mix? It is. And actually I have a Metallica Mondays. So when I, when I get yeah, in the gym yeah. on Mondays, it's, it's almost always Metallica. Well, okay. It's either Metallica, Megadeth. Sometimes it's Mudvayne, you know, just Yanni. Of the M's. Yeah, yeah. No, no fucking Yanni. That's Friday nights, man. You got to relax on Friday nights. Sorry. Ease. Put all the muscles at yeah. ease. That's right, buddy. That's all right. right. Yeah. 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 Black is just one of those. Just, Yeah. Yes. Gets me going. Absolutely. Gets me pumped. Gets me it's, I mean, it's also worth mentioning. I mean, how many bands have mandatory Metallica or how many radio stations have mandatory Yeah, yeah mandatory Metallica. Metallica. Yep. You know, it Absolutely. just speaks to how big they are, how influential they've been. And just, I mean, it, you know, it's like the Metallica Nation. When you're at a concert, like you feel like you're connected with everybody there and you could. And that energy is just incredible. Uh, and and, and I, for those for those that don't know, uh, Blacken was first performed live September 11th, 1988 in Budapest, Hungary. Um, and has been, been, as of October 2019, has been, formed, been performed live over 495 times. Awesome. Yes. Um, uh, another quick factoid for you, Grinch. Uh, I was Googling in terms of where they fall in album sales. And as I spoke to at the beginning and how many they've sold in United States and the top 50 selling artists in the United States, only they are 18th out of 50. So they are in the top 20 in terms of albums worldwide out of the top 10. And of course, if you look like the Beatles are always going to be number one, mm-hmm. Metallica is ninth. So that's not bad company to keep in either of those categories. You're 18th out of 50 I, or you're nine. I, out I of tell 10. you, it's crazy. Um, you know, obviously American culture has a lot of relevance all over the world, but I can't tell you how many times I see Metallica shirts over here. It's insane. Like oh, and, they eat that shit up in Europe. Oh my God, dude. Well, it's crazy. It, you know, it's funny. Uh, cause I think it was September 10th. Um, Metallica kind of did a spontaneous small venue concert in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was. Shit. And, uh, you know, one of the th- I, I read it as well, but one of the things they talked about is the is the black album, the metal self titled album, mm-hmm. keeps selling, and Even all now. all of them are like, who the <laughs> fuck keeps buying the black album? <laughs> and Lars right. joked that 
people are just playing it into the ground and then they've got to buy new ones and then they yeah. buy ones for their friends and that it just keeps growing, you know? Um, but Look. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just incredible. I mean, it just, and it speaks to the breadth of their appeal, given that they're a thrash metal band, at least, you know, that was their core of what they started at. Right. In their formative years, that's, they set the trend there with a number of other bands, but they were kind of the, the forefront, the front runners of the thrash metal genre. Yeah. Cause I mean, we all remember when the black album came out, the diehard fans were like, Oh, you're going sell out, sell out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it and was that was, was it that album was was that the one where they actually did they cut their hair right no, that they was, all went from long hair that was load that was the next was it load it was load okay it's when they yeah. showed up on the album cover or, or in the artwork with hair cut and everybody's like <laughs> yep. what the fuck yep. and i always yeah. remember in the um i can't remember what the video that was but they created a video and jason newstead they do an interview with him and they say talk about being called sellouts and he's like and we sell out every place we go so if you want to yeah. call me a sellout fine yeah so uh yeah grinch we haven't heard your first pick i mean now yeah. you've been twice um, around the bubble you hit us with the facts at the beginning nope. around the edges no, 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 no. okay so give us uh, your first pick yeah uh so for me um the album that that grabbed my attention uh was master of puppets and you know i remember uh i remember getting it because i think it was freshman year i heard it uh, in high school because the black album didn't come came out what 91 is that right um so uh that hooked me for sure absolutely for sure kind of like you said haas uh a little bit of a different album in the sense that it's got some uh you know they i mean not i guess a dissimilar style from uh ride the lightning and and justice for all but it was still it was an evolution of sorts where they they you know, they introduced like Orion. Uh, I know they'd done Call of Cthulhu um, in previous album, uh, but just its structure of like, you you have that instrumental that's like the second to last song and then you just freaking hammer it home there at the end with Damage Incorporated. Just a fantastic album. Um, but the song that struck me the most was Welcome Home Sanitarium. And I could just in high school, just like lay on the carpet, turn the lights off, and, and this was in class, song. ladies and gentlemen. Not at yeah. home. No. Yeah, it was weird. Everybody looked at me, but you know, I was like, <laughs> you take his socks off. Yeah, you, you know? just don't get it. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know, just an awesome, awesome song. Um, Absolutely. You know, I've already listened to it several times today, uh, just kind of cycling back through some stuff. But it just, I don't know, just, I just connected with it, I guess. But, but you know, that's, that's my first pick. Yeah, but we talk about nostalgia, right? We just did that episode. So it's like, when you listen to that, that takes you back to that time where you're laying on the floor, lights off, listening to it. You, you just yeah. can't help it no matter what, no matter how many yeah, times you listen that, to it. That bonus room that was off my bedroom. Off the bedroom, yep. That, that's where I'd be like just laying there like, this is fantastic. And it was just, I don't know, it was just relaxing. The one redeeming quality of that house in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Basement. So we have two. Well, technically three off of Injustice for All. We have one off Master of Puppets as our first roll around. So let's go ahead and jump into pick number two. Uh, I'll just say real quick, too. That yeah, was yeah. also Cliff Burton's last album. It absolutely was, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to echo what you just said, Grinch. The second of my three picks comes off the Master of Puppets album. It was released in March of 1986. It was the third album. It was the last album with Cliff 
before Jason comes in for and justice for all. Uh, I had just moved in the summer of 86. I had just moved from Orlando to Atlanta and it was one of those, I mean, I consider myself a fairly outgoing individual. So when we moved, it was like immediately go out and like, let's meet the kids in the neighborhood and right across the street from where I lived. So I don't know if you all remember my house sat right at the top of like a, yeah, a street entrance yeah. or whatever. And there was a house diagonal on the opposite corner. And the family that lived there had two kids, Keith and Tim Gridley. And Keith was in eighth grade. Tim was in sixth and I was in fifth at the time. And so of course it's out and meeting people and immediately struck up a friendship with them. And of course they moved a few years, actually moved back to Florida a few years later, but they were kind of the quintessential headbangers, you know, jean jackets, bands markered on the back, you know, skulls and like everything all over them, long hair. And so they actually were the first ones to introduce me to the Master of Puppets album. So, I mean, I had heard Metallica, but I hadn't heard that album yet. And so Tim, the younger brother, introduced me to it. And so listening to it, sitting in his room, and he puts on Master of Puppets, the title track. And I was immediately like, you know, Grinch like you. I was like, I'm hooked. I want this album. Uh, and obviously, as I... Yep. Pointed out my, my, my nostalgia of owning the vinyl. And I mean, the that, cover art for all these albums phenomenal. is so badass. Yes. And and it, I was the same way. I was like, I could just listen to it over and over again. All the songs like Welcome Home Sanitarium. Absolutely. But in listening to it, I was just like, it's a phenomenal album. Even the instrumental, like when you get to Orion. And I was, it's one of those, like I could put it on in my room and just lay in bed and listen to it. And I was like, they made an instrumental sound really cool. And you could just listen to it over and over again. And so that is my second pick. It was that album, Metallica's Master of Puppets, the title track off that Master of Puppets. You know, it's that hard, edgy, you know, they're, they're thrashing it. And then it slows down into the guitar and it gives you that very slow and then it builds back up, almost orchestral, and then it builds back up into it. And it's just like, mm -hmm. it was like, I'm, obviously it's art, but I mean, it just, the way it just grabbed you, it was like, holy shit, you know? The same thing they did with one. It was like, you go through one, then it drops off. And then when it comes back in with a double bass pedal from Lars and the, the real fast guitar and it's like yeah. darkness imprisoning me like that, that was the hook in one. It was like, when you got to that point, it was like an entirely different song. And I was like, fuck man, this whole thing is great. Master of Puppets was the exact same way. So that's my second pick Metallica Master of Puppets off their 86 album Master of Puppets. And since you said it, I'll just go ahead and tell you that was my second pick as well i mean when they get to the section master right. master pleasant dreams that i've been i mean right it, it's just a badass song like i just want to kick song. out windows and punch people finish, and like you said <laughs> it offers different ranges within the song and there's another there's one other song we haven't mentioned that does that as well but i don't want to say it in case it's somebody's pick yes if nobody says it i'll say it but yeah absolutely it can be one of your honorable <laughs> mentions and it's interesting so far the first I guess now the first six picks, the four of us around the first time, and now you and I this time, and we've really only covered two albums. I mean, they put out 10, but we're six yeah. picks around and we've only covered two albums. I mean, I didn't actually Google if anybody did how many songs in terms of studio albums, because I know for our listeners, uh, we said they had to be original songs. Like one of the things we didn't want was like the Garage Incorporated. Love that song whiskey in a jar row but mm -hmm. uh, it was like we didn't want them to be cover songs we wanted it to be original songs i don't know how many original songs they've actually put out i mean it's not something i googled to go yeah oh, it's, it's got to be in the hundreds right yeah like a hundred so. and something i would think yeah just based on the math and, and, and they've it, all... you know it's also worth mentioning too 
um, their songs aren't short. No, <laughs> you know? no. one is like seven minutes and 53 seconds. That, well, there's quite a few that are running the seven, eight, nine minute range. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, in Grinch's contests earlier, like with Orion, I mean, it's an all instrumental song that I think goes seven or eight minutes. Yeah. And it's seven, eight minutes oh, of man. badassery. When it gets to that part where it's like, anyway, it's eight minutes and 27 seconds. Orion. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. One of the things I thought about, um, well, two, one funny story and then a comment related to the album structure, which is uh, when Until It Sleeps came out, which was on what? I think that's on. Was that Reload? I think that was on. I Reload. think so. Uh, was it Reload or Load or Reload? Maybe it was. Reload. I think it's I think on it Reload. Reload. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was hitting the radio and I can remember driving in my truck and hearing somebody calling going, hey, will you play that long Metallica song? And he was just you like, yeah, man, I got down. you. And he played a complete, he played off like something off the black album. And he was just like long Metallica song. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's like, you, you moron, you know, but. Um, and it was but, the load album, by the way. Okay. Um, but listening to some of these albums again, start to finish. I mean, they're just works of art. They really are like, and the flow, like it reminded me of the days when you knew the next song coming. You know, like you, you played the tape so many times that you knew exactly what it was going to transition to. And, and that reminded me of when you said Tool, when somebody talked to Tool about, you know, hey, uh, when are you going to put your music out so we can actually start downloading it? And, uh, <laughs> and they said, well, we want you to listen to the music the way we constructed it on the album. You know, and you told me Maynard's remark or the remark to that was, you mean like in your concerts? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Hmm. Good point. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't play that in any particular order. Yeah, but certainly listening to, in particular, Master of Puppets um, and Justice for All, Ride the Lightning, like they just, they're a great, great package. You just hit play and enjoy. Even right. well, in the Black Album as well. Uh, I can remember I was living in Orlando and I don't know how old the kid was, but we were talking about Metallica and he was like, Yeah, my first album was Reload. And I'm like, What? <laughs> His name was Spencer. I remember that. He was a dishwasher. And I was like, that was your first, that was your first kind of foray into Metallica was reload. Not that it's a bad album, but it's like, you realize there are other albums out there you should probably go listen to. And at that time, obviously you couldn't stream music. You couldn't just go like Napster, I guess Napster had already come along. So you could do it if you had access to a computer. But... Well, and it's worth mentioning Metallica brought down Napster. Yeah. They, they, they Single-handedly became one of the most hated groups. In yeah. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have Spotify. We wouldn't have Apple Music. None of these things would exist in their current form. And apparently Napster is like raising from the ashes, but it basically went bankrupt. Right. Because ultimately, you know, they were like, you're stealing our shit for free. Yeah. And, and we <laughs> and work I, hard. If I remember and... right. The song that led to it was their contribution to Mission Impossible 2. I disappear. Um, yeah, I disappear. Because I think somebody found, found it and leaked it out and then it got on Napster before they could like release the single. And then boom. Um, and if then you knew Napster, to, man, that shit just took off. Yeah. You could get anything. Yeah. Uh, peer to peer sharing. Yes. Haas, I apologize. We kind of ran over your second pick. Um, no, no, you're fine. I actually, I, I do this just as do sitting around hanging yeah. out, talking, <laughs> shooting the shit, you know, reminiscing. It's all good. Well, then let me go ahead and throw in another album. We'll go ahead and toss Max next pick out. And so his was the 
first single dropped off the black album which of course is why we're here today because of the reissue of the black album but the the first single off that was enter sandman and that was his second pick he's you know loved that song the guitar and that and of course if you saw the video it was it was a little creepy you know and and not just that i don't know if hatfield's ever had better vocals than he's had off that album from 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 a ballad standpoint um, um, I mean, the, the, the screaming mean and yelling else and matters then, or enter Sandman enter Sandman. Okay. Oh, the okay. way, the well. way he, the, 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 some of the soft, like it just, his vocals feel softer and fuller. Right. And that like, it, it was just a different, it was a different vocal version than I think we'd ever really had from Hatfield. And I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, I can't think of another, I'm trying to think if there was another ballad before that that really, I don't know, that kind of grabbed me the way Inner Sandman did. Yeah, I mean, Load and Reload are when they or when they got more ballady. Right. Yeah, but that was, that was what, five statement. and six years after, or six and seven years yeah, after. Yeah, because right? that's when, like, um, you know, the song that comes to mind is Mama Said, mm. which is very slow, you know, kind of clean, uh, you know, not like clean guitar. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't know all the details. I mean, I know over the arc of his singing, he initially was more the thrashy kind of yelling into the mic because that was their style. Right. And then as he professionalized, he, you know, began thinking of his voice as more like something that needs to be taken care of and developed. And And almost like another instrument in the band. Yeah, right. Just like a drum, like just like Lars changed kind of his style of drumming over the years and kind of retooled his kit as he spoke with like the drummer from Joe Satriani, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, I, I think he evolved as well um, and started figuring out where his range was and what he could do. Yeah, that was also the first album. And I think it was one of the reasons there was kind of a monumental shift in their approach and the, maybe the lyrics. And, and that was that was also the first album they did with Bob Rock as their producer, who they mm-hmm. would go on to do a number of albums with. But uh, that, I think, had something to do with why there was a shift in, in their approach to the music. Yeah, and they definitely give a lot of credit to Bob Rock for how he pushed them to write better lyrics. Not that they were bad. But he was like, you're kind of taking the easy stuff, you know, to, to make like this song's angry. So you're just saying angry shit. He's like, you, you're smarter than that and you can do right. better. And, and so like they gave some examples of lines that evolved, you know, but it, it is, I mean, incredible that, that what that guy was able to do with the band um, just to keep pushing them. And if you've seen the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, you've seen that it, it sometimes was a contentious relationship, just mm-hmm. pushing them to get them. Because I think James and Lars didn't want to have to change. Yeah. Like this is the the formula that works. And it's like, yeah, but the formula can be better. So, yeah. And I, I forget the name of um, the therapist or doctor that they worked with, but they've yeah. also said he's probably a big reason they're still together. Um, and through that, I think some introspection came on kind of why they drove Jason Newstead away, how they treated him with manipulating the bass that you can hear in some of the songs. Like I think it was after injustice for all or Noah. Um, I forget which album it was in particular and um, Hetfield and uh, Lars said, you know, we were doing tours and we were coming back and mixing albums. And he was like, our ears were like shot. He's like, there's probably a chance we just kept cranking up the treble and losing bass because that's what we could freaking hear. <laughs> right. That's the, the level that you can hear. You 
exactly. Like you're blowing out your eardrums because <laughs> back in the day, you just built a wall of sound. You know, who was it? Like, it's the who, uh, isn't it? The who lead singer that like notoriously had this shit so loud that like his hearing started suffering. And again, that's one of those things where technology eventually catches up and it's, you know, you learn. Yeah. A great album, but Haas, let's, let's go ahead and jump into your second of three picks. What, what did you, what did you bring here? Uh, so uh, it's one of those songs that, I mean, I guess like really any Metallica song, as soon as you hear like the first several chords or the first, whatever you, you immediately know what it is, but it's, Another one of those songs that uh, every time I hear it, when I need to pick me up or every time, even if I don't know, I need to pick me up when I hear it, it picks me the fuck up and sends me along my merry little way. You know, it's a little, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that, which I desire, you know, and I just start, yeah, right. And it just kicks in and I just, I start going like, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready. I'm yeah. Fuel uh, off of their reload, reload. album. Yep. It's reload. Uh, yeah. I, always I wanna, think I, had I always want to say load. what the opening yeah, track was. was. I always want to say load, but it's the reload album. I always get it mixed up too. Um, but yeah, that's 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 one of my top three. And the the reason why is 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 always it it, it just it gets me pumped. It gets me going. It gets me psyched. It gets me ready. Um, I love the vocals. Obviously, I just I mean the whole song obviously rocks. Um, the, the, some of the, the the chord changes I also dig. Um, the way they throw that in there. So yeah, you could listen to like benzene from ramstein uh followed by fuel followed by like uh a thousand horsepower by godsmack and you just have like you just be ready to drive a car like through a wall <laughs> you would know i do have a i do have a ramstein day at the gym uh which is kind of weird because i'll be like singing in german and people will be looking at me weird i feel uh, like if we throw in a ministries jesus built your hot rod we've got oh, a there you go there you go we're, that would be we're nice. making our playlist yeah. now right yeah i like it times. i like it um it's interesting your second pick um like all of my picks as we cycle back to me occur on earlier albums i'm not sure why that is i think we got to a point like i appreciated their music but i think there was something i think we this is probably the same thing for me when we go back to season one of a spirited debate when we talked about music or concerts like you know we talked about our our top albums we talked about our top concerts like there was a very specific time for me that those fell this was a lot of the same thing there is a very specific time in terms of my formative years, the three songs I chose all fall in the eighties on albums in the eighties. <clears throat> and I think yeah, it was, I, it was I, because I, my, that was my first experience with them. I, I think I'm a little different than you and Grinch. I, I definitely feel like I peaked with Metallica a little bit later. In fact, I think I peaked with this genre of music a little bit later than you guys. I like ride the lightning as I'm, I think master of puppets is probably one of the most complete best albums top down side to side probably ever um it is it is just it's a it's it's a mastery piece of work um but it wasn't it really really for me it was the injustice for all kind of forward that kind of grabbed me um even though i like a lot of the earlier stuff so i think that's probably the difference at least for me from 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 you i think maybe is yeah, i just peaked okay. i peaked in this genre a little bit different uh right. a different time frame than you did and i will say um, I, we were probably kind of teasing out the why of that door, which was I had the same feeling for a little bit as I was nailing down my picks, which was, am I being disrespectful to the formative albums or the albums that hooked me in? Because if they, let's just say they all got made at the same time, they were all laid out on a table. Would I have picked the same way versus knowing that album, you know, had such an effect on me. 
Ooh, that's actually so I that's a good approach that well. when you think about it. I, it. There's obviously no way we can do that. You know, no, like, but, I, but I'm if, like, but if it were like, <clears> you have no idea. We're just going to play songs. You tell me are the ones that grab you. You might have a slightly different approach. I think I would. And that's why I said, it's interesting that you pose it that way, because if they were all, if I had never experienced that and they were all laid out in front of me and then somebody said, just go and listen to them and tell me because they didn't affect, affect me at a very specific time and place in my life, I probably would have chosen differently. I would think just in listening to the songs, even just listening to them. Now, if I had to factor in that criteria, somebody that was, you know, born five years ago and then, you know, 20 years from now, they're doing this very thing. Yeah. It would be different because, my approach to the music would be different, but that's, yeah, interesting. that's and, interesting. And I'll say uh, this one, it was down to two. I'll go ahead and tell you my third one kind of with that segue, which was uh, all nightmare long, uh, which I think is off death magnetic uh, 2008, I believe it was. Um, but that song, I, just, I don't know, like it just gets cranking. The riffs are so fast, you know, throughout the song. Hunt you down with a mercy. Hunt you down all nightmare long. I, I, I think too. I thought that the concept of saying all nightmare long was just so fucking cool, you know? as opposed to all night long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a badass kind of little, little, little riff on the concept, and right. and the song just punches the whole time, and uh, and it's one of the ones I'll go to like when I'm ready to get amped up, uh, especially with Metallica. That Haas has blackened. That's what you have all nightmare long. Yep. And that's okay. I mean, that works uh, again. And that's not saying anything like, I'll be honest of the 10 albums for me, the least favorite is St. Anger. I don't dislike the album, but if I had to categorize it, it would be, it would be 10th out of those 10 yeah. albums for me, but well, I still like the music weird, there. Weird too. Right. Because you didn't have Newstead there. Trujillo wasn't quite on board you know and when you listen to the album it was it was drastically different than what they had done before in terms of their approach to the music and and like you said at the time they were going through issues they had a therapist in headfield was going through sobriety i mean they were really trying to change their sound at the time when saint anger came out yeah and previous to that you know basically headfield and, and ulrich did all the writing and the music concepts right and what's his name uh, and of course they're filming some kind of monster at right. the time so they got cameras in their faces dave mustaine makes an appearance to tell them you know how it's affected him you know lars is like yelling at james james slips uh he'd been you know like you said with the sobriety he went back into rehab for a period of time like a year um, like they put that documentary on hiatus for almost a year yeah yeah so um yeah, I mean, as as I read and I agree with, like it's uncomfortable to watch it because mm-hmm. you can just feel the tension in the room. And meanwhile, Kirk Hammett's like, "Can we just jam, guys?" You know, because right. he's he's such a just he's such a cool soul. You know, right. like he's definitely not as intense music, as man. they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was the turning point of how they started to collaborate on songs. Right. It was more, "Hey, Kirk, you know, what do you want to play?" Yeah, right. Because even. Uh, or like what riffs do you have let's let's see right. what, we, what we can do with that you know because prior to that like even load and reload they did load but they had all the song they had like 20 something songs or more and then they went on tour because they just needed a damn break then they dropped reload you know so they were kind of in the grind but there are some 
like I know it's what they're going on their 11th album, which we're waiting to hear when it'll come out. But, um, you know, they would go like six years in between albums, which is kind of weird, you know. By today's standards. Yeah. Yeah. Because you almost. But they can get away with it, too. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you have a net worth of 900 million plus, I mean, you're not you're not you're not forced to the road to well and tour and, and. And I forget which tour it was. Maybe you know um, that they made four hundred million dollars off the tour. It's like in the top ten of uh, all time of like tour income. I forget which one it was though. Well, the hardwired tour that occurred. It's like for the longest time, it felt like it was just going and going. And look, these guys are—they're no spring chickens. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that's the other thing. And I should probably get to my third pick is the music that they play isn't easy for anybody when you're 25, when you're 60, they're still playing the same fucking songs and like going and seeing them in concert and they're playing a two hour set. I'm like, these, this is no fucking joke. I mm-hmm. mean, cause they are playing the same songs and not missing a beat. Like that can't be easy at that age. And yet they still do it. Yep. So, I mean, kudos to them. Uh, let me go ahead and do my third pick. So my third pick like I said, all of my albums that I chose songs off of fall in the 80s. And this one is no different. This was actually their second studio album. It was Ride the Lightning, released July 27th, 1984. Now, I didn't obviously, I, I didn't listen to it at that time. But when I did come across it, this song stuck out to me for a number of reasons. The first and foremost is it was the second studio album. And Kill Em All being the first. Um, and if you haven't listened to that song or the that album, great album, like you know, anesthesia, the bass, uh, the bass solo by Cliff Burton, phenomenal. But all of those songs were very kind of tempo driven. They were fast. It was thrash metal. Then you get to ride the lightning and the first three songs off that album, same way. I mean, they were your, your typical just thrash metal. And then we get to this song. And this for me was kind of the first ballad style song by Metallica. And that was fade to black. And if you know the song, I mean, it's got a very distinct intro with the guitar and he's got those very soft, subtle lyrics. Yes, it picks up through the course of the song, but it was really their first ballad style song. And and having listened to Kill Em All and all of the other albums, like coming across that song, it was like, what the fuck? You know, it's one of those is like totally catches you off guard because you're just used to that very thrash metal approach to the music. And so for me, that was the first one that it, it slowed down. It really kind of stretched Headfield in terms of, his approach to singing because it was a more ballad esque. And so it really just kind of grabbed me to take nothing away from the fact that it's a great song, the guitar, the drums, all of it put together. But that was my third pick was fade to black off the ride to lightning album, because it was the first time they really kind of slowed down and it really just got my attention. So that is my third pick. Yeah. That, uh, that album, I was looking for the picture, uh, that song and that album was like used in a Senate hearing saying it was encouraging teen suicide because it's an electric chair on the cover of the album. <laughs> no, Cause fade to black is about committing oh. suicide. No, I, I, well, I'm like, yeah, but the cover arts an electric chair. <laughs> yeah. No one commits I mean... suicide that way in case no one's sure. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't happen. Maybe you throw a toaster in a, in a bathtub, but you don't do it with an electric chair. So, yeah, I think, oh, back to like anecdote or an anecdote related that maybe you just reminded me of. I think one of the things like Dave Mustaine did was like, 
uh, was it him that poured a beer over like Cliff Burton's head while he was connected to the amp? <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what you do. Um, yeah, those are those antics. It's like ruining a hotel room. I mean, it's all just part of what you do when you're at that level. Um, so that was my third pick off the Ride the Lightning album. So Max Great third pick. pick. Yeah. Max third pick. I'll go ahead and throw it out there and we'll round him out. Was also, again, off the self-titled Black album. And it was Nothing Else Matters. And obviously I use that here because that was another ballad-esque type song that they do. And I think it's probably one of the most notable songs that they have probably ever written in terms of their music, recognizable everywhere. But it's a great song. And it was interesting because it was one of those when you saw the video, like for me, the video, they are like, look at one. And one, like you said, was it's them playing instruments interspliced with scenes from the movie. The Unforgiven was very much almost like a fantasy style video with the kid turning old and stuff like that. Enter Sandman was the dream scape style and then you get to nothing else matters and it is literally them sitting in a fucking recording studio and all of the footage is them playing in a recording studio as they're recording and i thought that's just an interesting way from a video standpoint but this was max i'm sorry i'm not so, but that was max and he really he said that was another one where i really liked what is this oh where they use it yeah the oh well, this was in the this was in the book you were telling me about that you bought yeah the magazine uh did you read it? Cover it says cover? a representative for the Parents Music Resource Center holds up a copy of Metallica's Ride the Lightning at a Senate hearing in 1985. The committee accused the song Fade to Black of promoting suicide amongst teens. Anything they can do to censor, man. Anything they can do to censor. Yeah. That was the thing about the 80s, man. It was all about censorship. Um, but yeah, that was Max's third pick was Nothing Else Matters. Great song. I'm going to... I'm going to roll that into since we're in the same album. Plus, I mean, this was Grinch's topic. I think he should round us out and go last. He's already gone. Um, He's done. Oh, did you do three? Yeah, he no, jumped I'm only in at early. one. I'm only at one. Fuck off. He jumped in early with his third pick. And totally <laughs> I know threw he me did, off. but he's no, I know he did, but that was a setup for his honorable mentions. Oh, man. oh I'm, Come on. man I'm not, I'm not firing on all cylinders today. Clearly. Oh, I'm drinking the same thing you're like, drinking from I'm like, right there. I'm like, I, I keep throwing these like at you. And it's just like, I don't know. Are you okay? Do you have a No, fever? let me keep drinking. Fuck me. Did you not sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last no, night? No, but I've re I reorganized no. the studio and I'm all fucked up now. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're going to get you up is down. What's did you, I was, I was saying, did you have you not had enough edibles today? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, Let's keep yeah. Going. So I mean, you know, uh, they they won their what their first. I think their only Grammy or the first Grammy for the Black Album, right? The self-titled album. I are you asking that or, is or, true. I, I, it's yes. a question, but I think that's true. I believe. I remember. I remember hearing or reading. I remember when they gave their speech, they thanked Jethro Tull for not releasing an album. That's right. Yeah, because Jethro Tull won. Uh, no, well, they won. Was it a Grammy for one? But it lost like the previous year to Jethro Tull. If I right. right. So they think Jethro Tull for not releasing an album. So they want to go. So this album, obviously, I think we can all agree that three, three, if not four, of the previous albums are amazing albums. A couple of few albums after you can cherry pick some songs, but this was the most complete album they probably ever did. Um, obviously, because we have multiple songs chosen off of this. 
coincidentally, though, or interestingly enough, um, mine is sad but true. The track is sad but true on this album. So the other two songs, yeah, the other two songs um, for me are fast. They're heavy. They're hot. They're they're just they're 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 exhilarating. This one. This one slows me down. This one, the lyrics to this song just grabbed me more than the other ballads that they've done in the past or even on this album. I just, I absolutely love, love, love this song. That's uh, a great one. Um, I'm still looking for what you were to conf- that part you were talking about. But um, in 2018, the Black Album hit a historic milestone. It celebrated its 500th week on the Billboard 200 chart. In the U.S. alone, Metallica is the highest selling album of the SoundScan era with roughly 17 million units sold. Mm -hmm. I can't figure out who the hell is buying it, Hammett admitted. (laughs) (laughs) My theory is that people are just wearing out their CDs and buying it for all their friends. Well, and again, it's weird because in this day and age of technology and being able to stream music, to go out and buy it. I mean, obviously I, know. I, I, I own know. albums, but I mean, people are clearly still doing it. And there's, there is something about it. Like, yes, I love to queue up Spotify when I'm in my car and stuff like that. But when I'm at home, having the vinyl, when I slap it on the player and it's like, there's just something about putting that needle on and hearing that little crackle. And then the song starts and it's just like, I don't know from a nostalgic standpoint, there's just something about it. It just doesn't get old. And I think that's one of the reasons I started collecting vinyl and I will continue to do so. Yes. I can absolutely listen to it on Spotify, but there's just something about it. Putting on the headphones and just cranking it up on the record player. No, there's something nostalgic and sexy as fuck about that. Um, It's not really my shtick per se. I'm I'm a little lazier than you are. (laughs) What would be weird if you Uh, took a record player to the gym and be like, excuse me, (laughs) put it on. (laughs) I'm I'm carrying speakers on each shoulder and a a freaking record player and a backpack behind me. (laughs) And I just go in there and set up in a corner. That's right. I'm working out. (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I will say with music like this, the constant battle I have is like, I just want to listen to it louder. Yeah. That's why I like headphones. You know, but here's tune out the world i'm the same way except i've gotten freaking i I love apple i love apple products we've had this debate or maybe we need to have that debate um one of the great things about apple products is if if i reach a certain decibel uh listening over a certain time period it automatically lowers how loud i can listen to shit to help protect my ears what the heck um don't go to concerts to protect your ears I cannot be spending my golden years learning sign language. Okay. That, that going is going to that, concerts. That is, well, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't make the argument. It's not, that's not happening. <laughs> Look, when you get older, what I can your, do is I can put your head on the player. And then I can mitigate. The I can mitigate in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the interim, I can mitigate and, and not listen to things as loud. I struggle with it. I do. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm like you. Grinch, I, I and I'm sure like you, Thor, I want to just jam the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just something I, I about get, it. I mean, I'll be listening to stuff like, you know, on the train or when we're walking or whatever. And Mrs. Hoss over to me, she goes, you got to go deaf. Like, I can hear your music five feet away out of your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to turn that shit down. And you're like, so? I'm What's like, the problem? Right. There's just something about this music being played loud that's absolutely necessary. I, I want to tighten up one thing I mentioned earlier. Yes. This is about Dave Mustaine. 
Indeed, as a key songwriter for much of the band's early material, Mustaine's feelings of betrayal weren't entirely misplaced. But from nearly killing original bassist Ron McGovney by pouring beer on his amplified bass, jolting McGovney across the room, nice. to his confrontational behavior and excessive drinking, he was fired from Metallica as they sought to progress professionally. Boom. Mustaine has think, since acknowledged his, his behavior wasn't ideal. Right. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you, this probably doesn't apply to either of you. And, and I would imagine doesn't apply to Mac, but it does to me. Because, you know, like, again, I enjoy art. I am an artist. And, and I don't mean enjoy art from the sense that I can appreciate art. I'm saying from doing art. And this, for me as a kid, was m one of the most iconic things. I would draw this on my folder, like to get it right the way they did their the fucking cover logo. And, and it's see. like that logo right there when they did Metallica, like there was something about it. Like I would just, I would draw it on everything. Like I want to get this right, get the M right, get the A right. And then all the 3D letter styles. And it was like, I don't know why I did it, but it was like, I just thought it was cool as fuck. In their, in their early days in the eighties, you know, they were friggin' partying and drinking. Uh, and they would be jokingly referred to as alcoholica. Yep. Uh, in fact, there's a picture of Jason Newstead, I think it is, wearing a shirt that says Alcoholica in, in the same lettering style. That uh, I'd like funny. to find that. If, if somebody sells that, I would love to buy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here it is. See Jason wearing it? Yep. Nice. Alcoholica. <laughs> and it's funny because I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously a lot of people are going to remember Cliff, but by the time I was really invested in Metallica. Cliff had passed away. So, I mean, yeah. we grew, I'm assuming, obviously, yeah, yeah. Most what you said, up, yeah. we grew up with the Jason Newstead yep. era of Metallica. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and it was more the looking back is what made you appreciate the Cliff Burton era, but we didn't, I wasn't. Only really because he was obviously so fucking talented. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, 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 you could, one could argue he's the most talented musician in the band. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Every time I look at him, he kind of reminds me of Beard from Ted Lasso. <laughs> like you, you see the wheels turning, but he has so little emotion on his face. Right. Two things that are worth mentioning is can't forget their infamous tour with Guns N' Roses. That went all to shit. And that was for and, the Black Album. Well, during that tour is when they changed the pyrotechnics. And James got burned. And James got burned. So he couldn't play the guitar after that for a period of time there was a roadie they called in and he would sing but axel was having these like voice ailments and slash he was being a said bitch. um when they came to terms they were co-headlining who would go first and second metallica was like we'll go first because they run a tight ship and they stick to the plan they didn't want to have to wait whereas guns and roses is a bit of a shit show right and so during the night of the incident, I think they're in Canada, Toronto, maybe. Um, James can't go on. And then Axel basically, you know, says Bitches he cuts out. it. He cuts it like an hour saying there's right. technical issues in his voice and a fucking riot ensues. Right. There's like a million a documentary dollars on it. Yeah. There's like a million dollars in damage done. Because yeah. uh, they said Guns N' Roses could have saved the show that night, but yep. Axel just bitched out. And then, of course, they rioted. Yeah. Yeah. Axel's a bitch. Um, Thanks, and then he is the a other, basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking hate him. But the other thing worth mentioning is the big four. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Could you even imagine seeing Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer in the same night? 
No, and of and course Slayer has claimed to a, have retired. There, well, and what their lead guitarist passed, I think. Yeah, Henneman uh, or something like that. Yeah, from a. <laughs> um, yeah, because the a, like a spider uh, bite or something got a, that an well. infection. Oh yeah, Carrie. But King. they said that um, he his quote was, "Would love to still find a way to do it again because the whole world needs to see this lineup while we're still alive." Yeah, I think it was him that said that. But you know, they just what an opportunity, and they only did two shows in the states. They didn't do Asia. They didn't do South America. Um. But they did the Bronx and they did, I forget, it's like Lucindo or something like that, California. Yeah. That's the big four lineup there. Photo of all them together, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have seen Slayer in concert. Um, it wasn't who, I, I want to say Biohazard or somebody opened for them. That's who I was primarily going to see. And good uh, Slayer was the headline. I, 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 knew, I knew like nothing about the band other than their reputation but when you left you were and like, we were at the international ballroom in atlanta oh, and they nice. kicked off and it was a fucking madhouse oh yeah oh my god i was just like this band's for real like these fans are straight up nuts yes <laughs> yeah i have to imagine like seeing raining blood live yeah yeah it was it was a sight phenomenal. to behold it really was yeah <clears throat> Uh, but that's neither here nor there because today we're talking about Metallica. Uh-huh. That's okay. You know, at the end of the day, there is definitely a nostalgic aspect to this conversation. Grinch, thank you for bringing this to the table. I know you threw it out because of the reissue of the album. But, and we talked about this when we covered <laughs> when we covered cover songs. Uh, interestingly enough, to say that was the the fact that they were doing a compilation album of that was all of the songs off the Black album being covered by fifty three artists was kind of the antithesis of us doing the cover episode and should covers be done. And yeah, all week when you threw this out all week, I was thinking about this and I was listening to music and listening to music. And I was like, there is just something about for me, particularly this band, like in those formative years, Grinch, like you said, like sitting in my room and I had like red lights and black lights and I did all that shit. I like, I would turn them on and I would put this on the CD player and I would just listen. And it was one of those where like I could listen to every song and never, not get tired of it uh, and fall asleep to it, which may sound weird, but yeah, there was, there's just something yeah. about this band. No, I, I mean, it's a, it, you're right. It's a, it's a weird concept that a band like this as hard hitting as they are is soothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's relaxing in its own way until, I mean, like it, it leaves the, I think it leaves you the option of where you want to go with it. Right. You can just listen to nothing else matters or even the entire black album. And like you said, you could just lay there with your eyes closed and enjoy it. Or you could just be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you can get in your car and drive hundred miles an hour to the same music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, this is a compliment. I, uh, wanted to, to make me. sure I worked in to, to you during awesome. the course of this, yeah, yeah, cool. which is thank you for agreeing to this. Um, <laughs> the, you know, some of the, th- I, I guess, cause I'm older, I focus on this more than I did as a kid. Cause well, you know, like, I'll, I'll, well, I'll use master of puppets as an example. Like I didn't understand that was about addiction at the time. Right. You know, like I heard chop your breakfast on a mirror. And I, I remember for a long time, I was like, what does that mean? And thankfully, I was a naive kid that had not been exposed to cocaine, you know, but um, the emotional IQ of this band is just off the charts. Um, Like watching the interview and Howard Stern, 
like Lars is super intelligent. And I know some people critique him for like not being quote unquote, the best drummer. He's a performance drummer. Right. And he has been vital to that band. And I don't think he not gets to mention, credit for that aspect of what he brings to the table. It's important to mention that years ago, I, I befriended someone whose brother was one of these roadie type guys, but he did security work. And when he came to Nashville to do Bonnaroo, um, we met up and I hung out with him and all the roadie people. One at the, And they were the third shift crew. And so it was like, eight, nine in the morning, we're out in the park drinking by their hotel. And we're just hanging out, shooting this shit, smoking dope, drinking, whatever. And I'm asking them all these intriguing questions because I'm curious what that lifestyle is like. And the, the two things I remember most was they said the biggest dickhead that they ever had to work with was Prince. He was such a, a, a prima donna douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they said, hands down, all of them. And there's probably like eight, nine people out there hanging out together. And these are like people that have been like security roadies for like 20 years, right? They all said that Lars Ulrich was the nicest dude ever. Like he would remember their names. He would remember their family members' names. Like he, he, they just said he was just like one of the coolest, nicest dudes ever. I can say this. He may not be the most technically sound drummer, and that's me speaking hypothetically because I don't know, but I can tell you watching it perform wears me the fuck out. Yeah. Because he gets into it. He he is and, and the, he makes me comfortable because he's so comfortable and not 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 in an arrogant, confident way. He just knows what he's there for. He, he's comfortable in his skin. He's a, he's a quality human being i mean we haven't mentioned this but it's worth mentioning you know they're all within the all within your hands foundation right you know over a million dollars in charitable donations like they've contributed to a number of things like with the wildfires and just other efforts i mean they're they're just we're we're blessed to have a band like this in our lives their 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 journey has been incredible like the music they've produced is just one of a kind and, and like I said, their lyrics are so smart. Yeah. Like when but, you really dig into them, uh, there's an intelligence behind all that that that's that it's that's profound. And forty years speaks volumes. They weren't a flash in the pan. They weren't you know overnight success, gone tomorrow, here today, gone tomorrow type of thing. I mean, forty years to Shit, they were that. trailblazers. They were yeah. trendsetters. Absolutely. You know, and, and they and they've helped bring on. A, 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 kind of a whole genre of music, or at least a subset genre of music. Yeah, and I think listening to them did open the door for me in terms of bands like, uh, I mean, because uh, I have an older brother, and so like he was listening to Iron Maiden, so I was already listening to Iron Maiden. But I mean, you listening to Sepultura and, and Biohazard and things like that, Slayer, Anthrax, and, and so they were kind of the start of me listening to all of that. And so that's, I think, another reason they, they kind of hold a special place in my heart, because the door that they opened for me in terms of music. So... All right. Well, yeah. gentlemen, uh, I, I do appreciate it as always. You guys coming in. Another great sorry. topic. Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't have Mac, but this was a really good topic. Absolutely. Me too. And the fact that this is going to fall on the heels of us just doing, uh, you know, in terms of us talking about nostalgia not that long ago. And so it's like, this was just another way for me to just like 
look at nostalgia and go, okay, well, there's a positive aspect, you know, listening to this music and where it takes me and the things that it kind of invokes for me. And hopefully it did for you. And hopefully for all you masturbators out there that are listening, uh, if you are into metallic and you go listen, hopefully it does the same thing for you. Um, so yeah, we will leave it there. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Uh, for all you out there, please check us out spiriteddebate.com. Go there, drop us a line. Uh, you know, drinks that you'd like us to try, topics you'd like us to discuss. We're always open. The door is always open. Please feel free to, to hit us up there. Check out our YouTube channel at A Spirit of Debate. Obviously, we're always trying to drop new content there, which is always easier said than done, but I am working on it. Be patient. Uh, and you can check out our Instagram. Obviously, it's Spirited Debates. We're always trying to post content there as well. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. Metallica, may you reign forever. I know your music will for me. Hopefully it does for you. Uh, love you guys, and I appreciate you being here.